Rise and shine, you Syracuse superfans. It's time to pour yourself a tall, delicious glass of orange fizz. Syracuse recruiting news, insider information, latest SU buzz. The Syracuse blogosphere comes to life on the central New York airwaves. It's Fizz Radio. All right, everyone, welcome into another FizzCast for the SU Top 100 by Orange Fizz. I'm your host, Jaron May, with Thomas Schultz, and we're going to be breaking down 90 to 81 today, all the players in that time range here on our Top 100 list. Make sure you go check out that Top 100 list, orangefizz.net, and by following us on Twitter, at orangefizz. And of course, we'll be having these fizzcasts throughout this experience over the next couple weeks to be breaking down the list, giving us, giving you our own opinions and everything alike. So, Thomas, let's start with number 90, Riley Donahue, the women's lacrosse player that was instrumental to the team, really, when she was on the roster, comes in at 90. What are your opinions on Donahue? I think this is the right spot for her. I mean, she was one of the best players in women's lacrosse history. She's ninth in program history with over 200 points in her career. So I think this is a good spot. I mean, it's not too high. Obviously, she deserves to make the list. But I think this is a really good spot on the list for Donahue to be. Now, I know, and you probably know this about me, and I said this on the last time, I'm a big women's lacrosse fan and a big SU women's lacrosse uh, supporter. So whenever I have a women's lacrosse player on this list, I always am just partial and I just think that they should be higher because the women's lacrosse team in SU history is obviously extremely, extremely good. They've been to multiple Final Fours. They haven't got that national championship, but they... They seem like they're opposed to every single year, kind of like the men's lacrosse team. So I personally think that Riley Donahue deserves to be higher on the list. But then when you uh, when you think about, okay, all of the great football players, all of the great basketball players, everyone that's come through SU Athletics in the, the history of the entire school, sure, Riley Donahue does deserve to be in the top 190. Is probably okay. I'll allow it because I don't think she's... She, I shouldn't say that. She's still one of the best lacrosse player, women's lacrosse players in program history. She's not top five in my opinion. So 90 is a solid spot for her. If she got bumped up a couple more, I would be a little happier. But still, uh, Riley Donahue at 90 is very good. She's one of the only, uh, only a couple uh, pro- players in program history to record over 200 points in her career. So I think 90 is a good spot for Riley Donahue. But at 89, Thomas, who do we have? We've got Wesley Johnson, who's kind of an intriguing pick. Of course, he was only there. He's only at Syracuse for a year after transferring from Iowa State, but what a year. I mean, Syracuse was a number one seed in 2009-2010. He averaged 16.5 points, shot 42% from three. Of course, that season awarded him the Big East Player of the Year. I mean, of course, if Wesley Johnson had sticked around for more than a year, and I mean, you can't blame him. He went fourth overall in the draft after that, or if he started his career... With the orange, he would be much, much higher on this list. I think you have he's got to be on the list simply for right. the year that he had. Um, I don't think he's... Again, I think this is a good spot for him. I don't think he's too high because you can't put a guy really high that was only there for a year, even if it was a great season, unless it's Carmelo Anthony. But right. he's also... I, I think you got to put him near the bottom of the list, which is where he's at. And I think overall, great place for him. Yeah, so Wesley Johnson coming in at 89, 
the thing is, and you're completely right, that whole one season thing um, definitely hurts his whole uh, his whole standing in this ranking because obviously you're going to put a guy that played three or four years for Syracuse above him. Uh, but like he comes in above Louis Orr, who I talked with Matt Bonaparte on the last Fizz cast that you can find um, on our Orange Fizz SoundCloud. Louis Orr was in the uh, upper 90s, and Wesley Johnson comes in at 89. That kind of confuses me, at least personally, because when you look at SU legacy, maybe Wesley Johnson was more athletic and a better athlete, but Louis Orr had a better SU legacy than Wesley Johnson. That kind of confuses me right there. Yeah, I think Louis Orr is basically just too low on the list. I think he should be a lot higher up. And there's a few of these names on here where you just kind of think, well, why aren't they higher up or why are they even on the list for some of these people? But I, I think mm-hmm. that's not necessarily a detriment to where Johnson is. It's more just Louis Orr is very lowly ranked, in my opinion. Yeah, I think Louis Orr also, he's not, when you think of great SU basketball players, I don't think he is, the, he is a great SU basketball player. I don't think he's the first person that pops in your head. Um, and maybe that kind of hurts his chances. But either way, Wesley Johnson at 89, and also for all of our listeners to try to uh, explain why we're why we're having these discussions, each of the Orange Fizz staff members filled out their own ranking 1 to 100, and then we brought them all together, averaged all the scores out, and then it's a cumulative thing. So some of us might have had Louis or higher, some of us might have had him lower, whatever it may be. But let's keep moving on here on Orange Fizz Cast. Jaron May and Thomas Schultz. Number 88, Jojo Morasco. Um, obviously a big part for the Syracuse men's lacrosse team. Um, I mean, you, you can't really say enough for him. He was all Big East second team, all Big East first team, all Big East midfielder of the year, a, a finalist for the Tuaraton Award. There's just so many accolades for him that are on his resume. Yeah, I think Morasco may be a little bit underranked on our list here. I think basically, <laughs> for me, if you're a finalist for the Tuaraton Award, that's that's pretty big company you're talking about. And I mean, I think that's, for most people, probably top 75 all time in any program. And Morasco, he's, he's a big name in Syracuse lacrosse, and you can't talk about the program without talking about him. And this is a guy who... Even in high school, he was highly rated. There was a lot of hype around him coming to the program, and he arrives, and he's great right away. His freshman season, he scored 17 points. He only appeared in 10 games. He had a little injury there, and then was just took off from there. Marasco, I think, just one of the best players in recent memory in, in the program. Yeah, so I was talking to one of my good friends, Adam Unger, who graduated from Syracuse, uh, I guess, two years now. But he was the one that made sure that JoJo was going to be on this list, and at least in the contention. And the big reason why he wanted just for JoJo to be in a candidate for this list is because he was number 22, and obviously we know how big of the number 22 in men's lacrosse for Syracuse is. And he was a killer offensive midi. He wasn't even an attackman that scores and lights you up like that, but he was just from the midfield position. And he was a Tuaraton finalist that absolutely deserved to win and would win any other year if he put together that year, say in a year before or a year after. But the thing is, he was lined up with Rob Pinnell. And if you're a big men's lacrosse fan, Rob Pinnell is one of the greatest of all time. And if you line up with him, 
with your greatest season like JoJo did, you're just going to draw the short stick there. So I think JoJo deserves to be on this list. He, I think he also could have been a little higher, but we keep having that conversation and we're going to run into some of the athletes up on this list and say, okay, they did deserve to be here. And I guess JoJo had to slide back just because there are so many great athletes in SCU history. Yeah, I mean, it's just, we like to say, look, this guy or this girl, everybody should be higher. There's going to be some tough names to surpass once we get further exactly. along. But at number 87, we're going to go back to women's lacrosse, Jaron, and Michelle Tumalo. And I'm going to defer to you since you're the expert here. But, I mean, <laughs> Tumalo, is, she, she was great, too. Was just like Marasco, a very highly rated recruit. And even after her freshman season, was named to the 2010-11 U.S. Women's Lacrosse National Team, just to give you a little indication of just how good she was. And like Marasco, I mean, there's a lot of similarities between these two players was a star right away. She posted the highest single season totals in points and assists for a freshman in the history of the program. All Big East, first team a couple of seasons. I mean, just one of the best players in the women's lacrosse program at Syracuse. Now, Thomas, here's the thing with Tumalo. She's not only one of the best players in SU women's lacrosse history, she's one of the best players in the sport for women's lacrosse. She is hands down one of like and, and you always say one of like whenever we have these discussions like everyone just says oh they're one of the best players they're one of this she I could I could very strongly say she is the best women's lacrosse player to run through Syracuse and to play the sport like you could absolutely make that that uh that debate if you want to say Tumalo is and I I could make that debate um now, you obviously, when you think of SU Women's Lacrosse, Kayla Trainer comes to your head, Katie Rowan comes to your head, and those names probably are going to come down the line on this list. Um, but Tumalo, it, I think it's just a robbery to put her at 87. I'll be completely honest. Because you listed off all of her stats. There are so many more to support her. Um, she was absolutely fantastic and a big reason why Syracuse women's lacrosse is built to what it is today because there are so many great players that went through the program a little bit um, earlier than what we're dealing with now. And all those players were lower recruits or some smaller names and they just over exceeded uh, and really built up the program. I think Tumalo deserves to be at least in the sixties range. I don't know how she gets an 87. I'll be honest on my ranking. She was way up there. Um, but I guess some other people, again, aren't as big of women's lacrosse fanatics as I am. Uh, let's move on to number 86, Riley Dixon. Uh, if you know anything about Syracuse football, you know that it's special teams you, and that all started with Riley Dixon, the punter. Um, obviously, he's now in the NFL, but he was fantastic. And I'm glad that we're given some punt, uh, a punter and some special team, uh, a special team or some love here on this list, Thomas. Yeah, I, I was kind of surprised, but I'm very enthusiastic that Riley Dixon <laughs> made the list. I mean, look, Syracuse football, there hasn't been a lot of good in the past decade. Riley Dixon's one of those few silver linings, kind of like Sterling Hoffrichter this past season. But Dixon, I mean, he was one of the best punters in the ACC. Uh, 2014, he was an all-ACC honorable mention. And then the next season, he was a semifinalist for the Ray Guy Award, which is given to the best punter in all of college football. And, I mean, he's still kicking today with the New York Giants. He's one of the best punters in the NFL. And, I mean, I think 
again, unlike Tumalo, who is, like you said, lowly rated, Dixon's kind of in a good spot. I, I love giving the punter yeah. some love, but you can't have him in your top 50 all time in program history or anything like that. And Dixon isn't of that caliber anyways. 86, though, he is one of the best players of the past decade for SU football. This is this is where he belongs, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, that's this is a good take. I'm glad, again, I'm glad that we're giving a special teamer some love and especially one of the best punters in, in program history. You can, again, have that conversation between him and Sterling Hoffrichter. Uh, but he was great. Riley Dixon, glad you're on the list, my man. Uh, but let's keep moving. And before, actually, before we do that, um, if you want to read about all these players, go out to orangefizz.net, SU Top 100, numbers 90 to 86. It was actually written by you, Thomas. Yeah. Thomas mm-hmm. wrote this article, so go check that out. And, of course, uh, keep an eye out for all of the articles that will be coming out throughout the next couple weeks. But, Thomas, take it away for number 95. So, 85, we got Tim O'Hara. He's one of the best. I mean, again, back to lacrosse, this lacrosse program, obviously, along with Johns Hopkins, one of the two best in the history of lacrosse in, in the United States. He was a two-time All-American First team in 1980, second team in 1979, an attacker at SU. I mean, I, I think maybe it's just because I, I, I'm reading these guys and reading these people and saying how good they are, but it seems, again, Tim O'Hara might be a little bit low on this list to me. Yeah, and you're right because, again, there's just so many great athletes to be able to go through this. Tim O'Hara, fourth on the scoring list uh, for points, second with assists. Uh, and he kind of also falls in that Michelle Tumalo conversation where he helped build the program just on the men's side of things. He played back in the late 70s, and if you know about Syracuse men's lacrosse, they really hit their stride, started making Final Fours, winning national championships in the 80s, early to mid-80s. So uh, Tim O'Hara was just a couple years early before they started to actually become the powerhouse that they were or are rather they they still are a powerhouse um but yeah tim o'hara absolutely fantastic a great attacker 282 career goals a three-time all-american um i think 85 is a good spot for him i think there are some other really good men's lacrosse players that deserve to be higher than him and hopefully we'll be able to see them on this list later Um, but i think 85 is a good spot for o'hara Moving on to number 84, we go back to the women's side of things for lacrosse. We're very lacrosse heavy here yeah. on this FizzCast, Thomas. Uh, Emily Harris-Chuck, a current player, and I, again, am very happy with this selection. I think she's great at number 84. Um, I think she's going to have a really good legacy for Syracuse women's lacrosse, but she still has another year of eligibility because this year got shut down. And with this extra year, she's going to be able to pad her stats in the record book. Right now, she's in the, I think it's, um, let me let me fact check myself. She's number seven for career goals right now. Add another season on to that, and she could easily be one, two, or three. Um, and she also had one of the best seasons that anyone could ever have in 2019. 20, 75 goals in one year is absolutely mind-boggling. And she was on pace to break that this year if they had the full season. You can only guess that her next year, or I guess her true senior year, is going to be something special to watch. 
Yeah, she was second in the country when the season stopped with 39 goals. Of course, mm-hmm. Syracuse Women's Lacrosse had a very good shot to win their first national championship in program history this year. Havershuk, obviously, the biggest reason why, and I'll be really excited to see what she can do in her now fifth year on the Hill. I mean, I I was really excited. Out of, the all, out of all the programs besides men's lacrosse this past spring, I thought the women's lacrosse team had the best shot at going very deep in the tournament run now at 83 we have joel white going back to men's lacrosse we're going men's women's <laughs> back to men's a defensive midi at syracuse he graduated in 2011 he was named an all-american first name and picked as a Tawaratan award finalist for the second year in a row i i mean it, it just speaks to the absolute amount of talent and depth on both sides of this program but i think for White, this is probably a good slot for him just because there's so much talent in the men's lacrosse program all the time. Yeah, so he was the original number 11, not number 22, but number 11. Uh, and he was one of the best long stick middies in the world while he was playing. Not only on the team, well, obviously he was the best on the team, uh, but also in the entire world, whether that's college or professional um, at the time while he was at Syracuse, he was fantastic. And the big thing that really helps his resume is that he won two national championships. And he was kind of, he's hes on the latter end of Syracuse men's lacrosse's national championship run because they haven't won since 20, uh, 2008 and 2009. And that's the two championships that he was a part of. So he was on those teams the last time Syracuse men's lacrosse won a national championship. And that really helps his resume because some of the recent players could still be really good. They just don't have the natties under their belts to be able to help uh, their conversation. So again, he's a good spot right there. I think 83 is a good spot for Joel White. I would put him over Jojo. I would put him over some of the other guys that have already been listed, um, like Tim O'Hara. So, again, a good spot for him. But let's keep moving here on on this FizzCast. Number 82, Jim Collins, the linebacker for Syracuse uh, Syracuse football. He was great. I mean, this is one of – this is just our second football player on this list after Riley Dixon, the punter. So I'm glad to see a linebacker. Collins, one of the best uh, linebackers in program history – He's just not a great, uh, rather, he's not one of the big names that stands out. So I think 82 is a good spot for him. He deserves to be on the list. He deserves to be above the punter. Um, But I also don't think that he needs to be really any higher and have to um, compete with some of the other big names in Syracuse football history. Yeah, Jaron, I think this is, I mean, it seems kind of like one of those things where he doesn't have the big name recognition, so therefore he gets rated a little bit lowly, in my opinion. I mean, he is the SU career tackles leader with 624 tackles, which is just a mind-boggling number. Right, yeah, you're a linebacker, so obviously you're going to get more, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know, I mean, 229 in a season, it's just, I would rate him a little bit higher, but I mean, I'm just, of course he should be on this list and above Riley Dixon as well, so... Not too many qualms there. The one I do have a lot of qualms with, though, is at 81, Malachi (laughs) Richardson. I don't think he should. I mean, look, I know he took Syracuse, or at least played a big part, in a Final Four run in 2016. But besides that, I mean, Malachi, before that streak, was kind of hot and cold. 
I don't think he should be in this list. I really don't think he should be above Wesley Johnson or Louis Orr on this list. I, I, really, so far in the first 20 we've released, this is the most egregious one to me. Wow. Okay. Very aggressive. So Malachi comes in at 81. Let me just get your opinion here because you already answered a couple of them. Uh, if Would you put Malachi Richardson over Wesley Johnson? No. Would you put him over Trevor Cooney? Yeah, I think I don't think Trevor Cooney should be on the list either. Okay, Trevor Cooney came in at 91. Yeah, yeah. So Malachi is 10 spots above Trevor Cooney. Okay. So you so you agree with Trevor being above Trevor Cooney, but you disagree with Wesley Johnson and then Louis Orr you also disagree with, correct? Right. Okay. Okay. All right. So you don't agree with Malachi Richardson being there. Um, I, I will tend to agree that he is a little high. I do think that he needs to be on this list because he's one of the best, just pure scorers, um, in Syracuse basketball, at least recent history. Um, and he also had a really, really good performance in the NCAA tournament, uh, when he scored in double digits every single game and dropped 21 in the second half in the, uh, with that big comeback win against Virginia. So Listen, he scored 496 points over the course of his freshman year. He started every single game. He was a very solid player while he was with the Orange. Um, Obviously, he only played one year. So again, that kind of has the whole Wesley Johnson conversation. Can you put him any higher? Uh, No. Should 81 be his ranking? Probably not. Maybe drop him. Maybe switch him and Wesley Johnson. Um, But again, I don't think he should be completely off the list yeah i mean i think this is one of those things where we all have different ways of uh, deciding where to place guys and when you go on a final four run and of course malachi richardson without him they're not going to the final four especially that game where he had 23 against virginia in the elite eight for me it's more so look he averaged just over 13 points in his freshman season he went pro after that because of that great final four run Maybe it's, I mean, I think what I'm doing here is more valuing his statistics throughout the season. And because it was only one season, whether than instead of doing saying, you know, he took him to a final four, but if you include and you factor in heavily the final four, then it makes more sense that he is at 81 on this list. Can we also talk about how bad of a decision it was for him just to go pro after one year because he had a couple hot games in the NCAA tournament. That was so bad. I, I disagree. I think that was a horrible decision. If you average 13 points, you are not NBA level. You just oh, really no. aren't. Well, he wasn't. But I think the thing, the thinking was, and I think Bayheim was kind of shocked by this decision as well, but Richardson said, hey, I can go first round because of this great run, and he kind of took advantage of it. I mean, I don't know. With another year or two at Syracuse, maybe he becomes a first-round talent, but it's hard to pass up that ranking when you can do it and it, it kind of worked out for him at least in the short run of course in the long run maybe not so much yeah all right all right hey well that's gonna wrap up this FizzCast su top 100 numbers 90 to 81 jaron may and thomas schultz breaking it down on this FizzCast, and of course go check out all of our content at orangefizz.net follow us on twitter at orangefizz and make sure you keep an eye out for all of the orange fizz casts that will be breaking down this top 100 over the next couple weeks by going on to SoundCloud and searching Orange Fizz. All pretty simple for you all, and make sure, and again, thank you all so much uh, for tuning in. But for Thomas Schultz, I'm Jaron May signing off. We'll see you next time.